Hey, it's Jordan. I am here with Kathy Myers. You are a school board member uh, in Janesville, Wisconsin. You also ran uh, in for Congress last year uh, in Paul Ryan's district, uh, which I believe a Republican won uh, ultimately. But mm -hmm. Wisconsin has, I guess, for the last decade, maybe before that, kind of been a ground zero of sorts for uh, the decimation of labor and now I would say uh, the corporate welfare on steroids. So uh, real quick before we get to the recent developments, could you explain for those that aren't aware, what was the sweetheart deal to this company Foxconn, which uh, is Taiwanese, uh, that essentially gave them billions of dollars in tax subsidies to, as Trump said, you know, open up a brand new factory that's going to create, I think, 13,000 jobs. What was that sweetheart deal? Well, pretty much it was a deal where uh, the taxpayers of Wisconsin, I guess that's more the outcome of the deal, the taxpayers of Wisconsin were going to foot the bill for this uh, company that was supposed to come in and bring, just like you said, around 13,000 jobs. Uh, they said that it was going to pay on average about $54,000 a year. Uh, but uh, and, and originally I think it was like a thir $3 billion um, commitment and in, in incentives uh, by the state, but over the course of time, it seems that seems to have grown to um, upwards of four billion dollars. I think I'm not sure if it's gone over that or not. And basically, this comp this factory it was supposed to be a factory was going to make mm -hmm. LCD glass for TVs and things like that. So yep. Scott Walker, who at the time was trying to get something to win re-election, he lost. Uh, and Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, was basically citing this, you know, it's part of his, I'm bringing back all these factories and all the jobs and all this. So now, I believe less than a year after this announcement, all of a sudden it's like, just kidding. So can you, can you speak about what Foxconn is now saying? Well, well, you know, I guess it kind of depends on the day as to what they're saying, because there was um, there were some statements um, last week uh, by uh, an official from the company that suggested that it was, they felt it was no longer economically viable for them to manufacture the screens that they were talking about. And I think there's, there's also been talk about um, screens, not just for televisions, but also, you know, maybe downsizing that into screens for phones and, and that sort of thing. So um, trying to trying to nail them down into exactly what the plan was, you know, what they're going to make uh, has been very difficult. And then by the end of the week last week, uh, they were saying that, you know, no, 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 we aren't pulling back, even though we'd said that, that, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be economically viable for us to um, come to Wisconsin. Um, we're on, you know, everything's good, but, um, there still were, wasn't any reassurance about uh, the number of jobs. How much of that is manufacturing? That's another thing that seems to have shifted a bit. They are now um, talking more about um, research and development and engineering kinds of jobs, which, are, you know, of course are great jobs too, but what we really need in Wisconsin, what we also need in Wisconsin, are good, sustainable, uh, you know, middle-class kind of jobs uh, and manufacturing jobs. You know, it's interesting to me because you see General Motors gets a massive bailout, $11.2 from the federal government, 15,000 workers, goodbye. And, you know, kind of suspect the reasons. Uh, 
you see in other areas, this corporate welfare where there's no strings attached deals, uh, frankly, in my opinion, because these companies are paying lavish amounts to the politicians. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, President Trump, who they're running on this myth of a booming economy, but I've been to Wisconsin, I've been to Michigan. It's not so booming. It's not booming for you and I. Um, right. So it, how is it? Because new governor, Tony Evers, from what I have researched, says he's going to honor the, the subsidies and the tax breaks to this company that was legislated in, I guess. So basically, mm-hmm. it, it seems like a Houdini act that the, your, the taxpayers are, are footing the bill for this. And what mm-hmm. do they do? They're going to cut, you know, eating for old people, food nutrition, programs for the middle class. Can you kind of talk about how is it that there's these no strings attached deals? Because Wisconsin's been decimated by Scott Walker and uh, in many ways, extreme conservatism mixed with neoliberalism. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's 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 an interesting, um, you know, situation for uh, the new governor because the deal was made and now he's got to deal with it. Uh, He said he was going to promise uh, to make sure that they hold up to their end of the bargain and you know but but again it's uh, it's hard to tell what exactly the details were of that bargain you know that we're going to hold them up to so I really feel like Governor uh, Evers was left with a incredibly raw deal Um, you know, I, I certainly let me get let me be really clear that um, I'm always interested. And we are always interested here in Wisconsin in, in great paying jobs. You know, so when somebody comes, a company comes and says, we can provide 13,000 decent paying jobs in your area. It looks like a really great thing. But, um, you know, all those other concerns and the inability to tack down exactly what the deal was uh, and, of course, the environmental impact uh, of it and, you know, the subsidies and and everything else, all of this um, has, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like we're now left holding the bag. So Scott Walker thought this was going to get him reelected. It was going to be, you know, one way that he could fulfill a promise. And uh, and I, I'm glad to say that it didn't help him at all. And, uh, you know, but but now, of course, now what do we do now that the dust is settled now? Um, now it's not just, a, you know, it's, it's a situation that we have to deal with. And I'm not sure exactly um, how it's going to pan out for our new governor. Uh, and what's what's really interesting to me is the wider lens of this, you know, I mean, nationally, although we keep hearing it was because of the Russian boogeyman. I mean, Trump won Wisconsin. I think he was the first Republican to win since the 80s in Wisconsin. Uh, And frankly, I I was on the campaign trail. So I I saw the rallies in Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio. And he had them at NAFTA. I mean, he had them at NAFTA. These are Mm -hmm. real, uh, you know, a lot of them are are good people. Might have been just kind of hoodwinked by by faux populism, but they're economically uh, in pain and and desperate. Mm -hmm. So both on the federal level of these trade deals that have kind of not had a little, not had a backup plan for these displaced workers. Mm -hmm. And now this, I mean, how are people, you know, you talk about the booming economy, but in Wisconsin and other places, there's not a lot of jobs available, like you're talking about, good paying with benefits. That's absolutely true. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of people that are working two or three jobs here. Uh, We have a, um, you know, our, our, uh, minimum wage here is like 725 and so this is this is a really hard time for us um, you know people are are just barely getting by 
um, as it is. And, you know, so it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, Trump and NAFTA and all that kind of stuff. It just feels like um, this is just an extension of the hoodwinking that's that's been going on, um, you know, not just with Trump, but with with with, you know, originally NAFTA, um, you know, it it. Um, it really harmed us here, especially in the first congressional district, where we suffered not only GM, uh, the loss of that um, plant, but uh, we had, you know, a plant closed in Kenosha as well. And so, um, you know, the the uh, the base, you know, the manufacturing base that we used to really enjoy here, which meant that people had uh, homes and people uh, could send their kids to college if they wanted to, and they had a sense of security and and uh, it was just ripped right out from underneath them. Uh, what's interesting, I remember interviewing uh, somebody from United Steelworkers uh, in, where was I? Michigan. And, you know, honestly, the Democratic Party is to blame for this, too. I mean, Bill Clinton signed NAFTA. But also you hear from, you know, President Obama, well, you know, globalization and you need to, you know, prepare for the jobs of tomorrow and retrain. Well, I remember talking to this steelworker who said, my union guys... They went through the retraining. Problem is, there's no jobs for, for them. So it's kind of this, uh, on one end, you have Trump making empty promises based on, you know, sa salesmanship. And on the other, the Democrats have talked about retraining and this and that. But if there's no regulation on corporations or no strings attached uh, that you must create these jobs, uh, aren't we just kind of in this cyclical, uh, the masses of middle class people, you know, uh, competing for the scraps? Well, yes, Josh, and the, you know, the middle class has been shrinking for decades, you know, and um, so this is nothing new. We've kind of always been, um, you know, having to, we're always affected by the winds, you know, of, of, of the exchanges between uh, politicians and, and corporations. And, you know, I, um, I, I, I read the book Janesville and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it uh, was interesting because um, so those GM workers who got retraining, you know, went back to like Blackhawk Tech or, or uh, University of Wisconsin, Rock County. Um, and a lot of them really took that opportunity to really learn a lot more. And those that, um, you know, ended up going, driving like three hours away um, every week to go work a job in, uh, you know, Indiana or something like that, three or four hours away at least. Um, it was hard to tell who ended up faring better because it was just what you say. Uh, these these people in good faith went through retraining that was offered to them, and uh, and then they got out of it. And then those those kinds of jobs were not available anyway. And so um, I think that you know I think it's obviously it's something that we need to be building into our our our, um, our relationships. You know, is as as public servants or public servants should be building it those things into the relationships, where we are um, having a plan B. You know mm -hmm. what happens. And by the way, I mean this is especially with this company. Uh, <laughs> there is, you know, uh, the past is prologue here. Uh, this is a company that's pulled out of projects um, in other parts of the world and in other states, and uh, kind of you know has I don't know I don't know how they're how they function because it seems like they make a lot of promises and there's a lot of um pomp and circumstance with it and then they um just fold yeah. they just they just pack their bags and say oh didn't mean it sorry 
And uh, this part of it hasn't been covered, but I mean, this story has barely been covered by national media. But uh, there is severe, there is real bad environmental uh, impacts yeah. to Foxconn. Yeah. They, I don't even know if they did a full environmental assessment. They were seizing through eminent domain a lot of property. Can you kind of talk about the damage that's already been done and that's posed? Oh, sure. Well, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, have been kicked out of their homes. Uh, and, you know, there's, of course, it's always questionable as whether or not you're getting real fair market value. Uh, but at, even if you are for your home, this is an incredible disruption to people. Um, and it is also, you mentioned the environmental um, impact of this. You know, there's a really high water table in that area. Um, and you put a building that, with the kind of footprint that Foxconn has in, well, that water's got to go somewhere. And so now, you know, there's a lot of flooding over there. Um, and, uh, and now you've got that added into the mix. You know, so now it's not flooding when there's a really severe rain. Now it's flooding when there's not very much rain or, you know. And so, um, and also, of course, they're, you know, they're tapping into Lake Michigan. And so, um, and this was done and able to be done because uh, they were um, they were giving a, given a waiver of sorts, you know, to uh, that that most other companies, you know, would have to have. So so you've got the um, you've got the situation where um, you know they got passes on what the actual deal was, you know, and the specifics of the deal and what kinds of jobs and what exactly are they making. And you've got the um, environmental, um, you know, waivers and, and, you know, winks and nods to them about, about that. And I, you know, again, I want, I want really good jobs. I would be lovely if they to, to have uh, a company come in and provide those kinds of jobs and really good paying jobs in Racine. Uh, it would help with all sorts of things in that in that community, but at what cost? And so uh, it's just it's not a good deal. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, you know, when you when you big picture it, obviously, I, I think by the polls, countries moving to the left. Uh, because, you know, you see Bernie Sanders and the fight for 15 and Medicare mm-hmm. for all and all that. Um, so, I mean, just today, this wealth tax that, that Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren proposes polling at, I think, like 60 something percent. Yet mm-hmm. we're told by Howard Schultz uh, on his little interview blitz and mm-hmm. Michael Bloomberg and frankly, CNN and MSNBC, you know, they basically just push this. It's not practical. This isn't practical. Blah, 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 blah. Well, what do you call it when the majority of the country wants Medicare for all, free public college, a Green New Deal? I could go on, but mm-hmm. the politicians say no. Is that not a corporate coup d'état, or am I missing something? <laughs> well, it sounds like it, it, you know. And um, you know, I'm sure that Mr. Bloomberg and Mr. Schultz are wonderful people. I am a little tired myself as a middle class person. I teach, you know. I have an ordinary life in an ordinary house. And, uh, you know, with my, my ordinary car and everything else, um, I'm really tired of, of billionaires uh, and, and I respect their work, but the billionaires coming in and, and suggesting that they understand what my life is like. And, you know, it um, and just because they're billionaires doesn't mean they're right. And, you know, we seem to I think it's almost like it's like a continuation of the winks and nods that we've given Foxconn. You know, it's like because you're a billionaire. Well, 
it uh, you know we are we're willing to just overlook a few things like maybe your bad ideas or your unwillingness to do the things that we're asking you to do or support the things that we're asking you to support. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not asking you like who you support, but to me, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can read a poll. Uh, Bernie Sanders won the Wisconsin primary mm-hmm. in, in the Democratic Party. Uh, Hillary Clinton, I think, what did she lose Wisconsin by a point? So yeah. who do you think? Do you think Bernie Sanders progressive populism could win Wisconsin if he were to run? Because uh, it seems to me Wisconsin, uh, a lot of what Donald Trump was selling was Bernie Sanders policies. He just didn't mean it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, I really think that a pro, uh, that a progressive could win Wisconsin. I think that um, I think that the wave that we're seeing here in Wisconsin, uh, you know, with uh, uh, progressive candidates um, getting a lot of support, um, with the changes that we saw in all of the constitutional offices in Wisconsin in the last election, and you know, all went Democrat, and um, uh, so. I think that, you know, that is very possible for a progressive to win Wisconsin. You know what, what people really want uh, to hear out of you is, is um, do you understand what their lives are like? Do you, um, do you understand the whole idea of income inequality and about fairness? And that's what they care about most. And I think that, that they will respond to that um, out, of, uh, out of a candidate. And lastly, can you kind of talk about, I mean, I don't know how, you, how long it will take to reverse it, if reversible, the damage that Scott Walker did? I mean, I think in the never-ending Donald Trump media uh, infestation, mm-hmm. Scott Walker kind of got a pass on his way out. And mm-hmm. there wasn't much focus nationally on, on I mean, Wisconsin, the, the economy in Wisconsin, I don't really care what they say, from what I could see, uh, is part of the Gilded Age uh, all over this country. So mm-hmm. can you kind of talk about the, the worst of the worst that uh, ex-Governor Walker did? And do you see, uh, I mean, Evers has been in office for five minutes, so I don't expect yeah. much. But uh, how, do, how, do, how do we get Wisconsin back to its working class roots, which in part is we need uh, an influx uh, and strengthening of labor unions? Absolutely. And, you know, so the worst of the worst for me uh, that uh, Walker did was Act 10 which uh, decimated public unions and um, and really had a profound effect on teaching in this state and on on this the quality the I'm sorry it wasn't the necessarily the quality of the service because the teachers are out there um, working like dogs and trying to provide for these kids so I wouldn't want to ever suggest that you know that it any any disruption in the our ability to serve our children is because is because of you know teachers not doing their jobs well they are but um i'm on the school board in janesville we were losing teachers like crazy and uh you know they just they were either fed up or they were being poached by other districts uh or they were leaving education altogether and so uh to me, that's the worst of the worst. I have seen I've seen things start to change. Part of it was districts like ours in Janesville reclaiming um, our control over our district and um, and doing what's right by our teachers and not necessarily just um, trying to um, you know erode our relationship with them you know by using Act Ten uh, against our teachers and so um, you know but but there's. It's going to be hard, I think, to replace the uh, or to regain um, the, you know, the um, uh, 
the prowess, I guess you could say, that the unions had uh, in this in this state. Now, Tony Evers, I think, is um, already talking, um, you know, about restoring the funds that were taken out um, uh, by Scott Walker and, uh, you know, putting them back in education. And, uh, you know, and I and I really feel that he's going to do a lot of good things for for teachers unions as well as all other unions. Hopefully, because you're seeing all over the place, teachers fighting back. So uh, yeah. you definitely need leaders that aren't going to give it lip service and do something. So I uh, thank you. I hope to be in touch. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get to Wisconsin soon, because I think these stories are not getting enough attention. And oh, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I do have a question. I just got the bad news that I'm lactose intolerant. Does, oh. was, does Wisconsin have non-dairy cheese? Because I've, um. ha- I've had the real cheese. <laughs> well, um, I can't. I, I'm sure you can get non-dairy cheese here. I just will, cannot vouch for the quality. Okay. That's what I figured. It's a terrible thing. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a hard, hard visit for you. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. All right. Thank you for taking the time. You bet. Take care.